Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. Hello, my name is Jason, and I'm in Wuhan, but I'm from the U.S., and we are here today with... Alex Shu. I am Chinese, and I am in Beijing. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Today, we wanted to talk about fashion, differences and similarities between China and the United States, and maybe differences and similarities within China and within the United States. Sounds fun. So, uh, where did you live again? On the East Coast? On the East Coast, in New York, Boston, and Charlotte, North Carolina, up and down the East Coast. And you you would say there are significant differences in each of the localities in the U.S. that you lived in, in terms of how people dressed, yeah? I mean, weather definitely plays a role in that. So, you know, of course, there are probably more winter fashion options for uh, people in New York and Boston. I've actually never been to New York or the Upper East Coast. I've been North and South. I've been as far as Mexico. Mexico and, as, and as far north as Canada. But just no New York. But I, nev- I just never went that way. You know, I just stayed on the West Coast. Okay. I, I think I've been to Nevada and that's it because my brother lives there. So what we hear on the West Coast is that New York, you know, they like to wear pea coats and, you know, high fashion. You know, they're very well dressed. They, their winter clothes are not shabby winter puffy jackets, but actually like they're still styling it in the in the deep winters. Is, is, would you say that's an accurate representation? I was just about to say because there's one funny thing thing about what you just said. You know how, well, as I'm sure maybe you relate as a second language speaker or, you know, a foreign language speaker when you're learning Chinese, um, there's certain words you don't know. Peacoat is one of those words for me in English. Yes, the the coats. I, I, peacoat. I, peacoat. I was like, I didn't know how, which oh, P peacoat, it was yeah. or whether it was P or Pete or whatever it is. But my friends in Boston <laughs> are constantly using that word. Everybody is like, oh, I just got my boyfriend a peacoat. And then my, my gay friend would be be like, oh, look at this nice peacoat. I was like, okay, I don't really know what the Chinese translation of that word is, but mm. you say it's peacoat and you point at your coat. I was like, okay, so that's what it is. But yes, it's absolutely true. It's a lot more stylish than when people think of, you know, like the cold winter weather and people are just all kind of stuff themselves into a corner <laughs> down ball just rolling on the streets <laughs> there's a because it winter is so long in the you know in the, the northeast you kind of you got it there's you can you're not gonna be able to look at yourself every day where you're like i am just gonna put a giant mm-hmm. down cover around my body and walk on the street every day so i mean sometimes it goes until it goes on for five six months almost so Hey, fashion is uh, is is necessary and it sells. So, and, and pea coat is one of those things.
Yeah. Uh, you know, in San Francisco, we don't really have winter as much. It's like a kind of spring all year round. It might swing five degrees colder or something like in the winter. But if you go like mm. to Dolores Park in the middle of the winter, it's still going to be just as warm as like the summer. So we don't really have that experience of needing a lot of winter clothes. Like maybe a jacket is enough. You're good. You're good to go. Scarves are just for style. It's because you really feel like wearing a scarf or maybe you're on <laughs> like the west side of San Francisco. So you wear like, uh, you know, a little bit in the morning when the fog rolls in because some years it seems like the fog rolls in every day and then some years not so much at all. So hmm. we don't experience winter in the same way that they do in the Northeast. But I would say there's a big difference between fashion in San Francisco and then going to what the, we call the San Joaquin Valley or the Central Valley. It's the big valley in the middle of California that's obvious from mm -hmm. space. And those people there, they, they, they're more comfortable. They're like, okay, you know, I feel like wearing like a giant ball of cotton and wool <laughs> and like, you know, hobbling down the street because, hey, it's winter and it's cold and I feel comfy and cozy and I look like, you know, I belong in a Christmas movie from the 1950s. <laughs> so excitement for sweater season is not a thing on the West Coast. No, no, no. I think there's a, this, you know, just for Christmas or Thanksgiving, the, the ugly red sweater that has yes. like a Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer on it. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, not as much, I don't think. Maybe hoodies. There's a big hoodie thing in California. I'm not sure if that's the same on the Northeast, <laughs> but everyone has like a lot of a, a hoodie collection. It's like a rainbow in their closet of hoodie options. <laughs> I was obsessed with it too, especially those for my, uh, um, for my college, wherever I was mm. going to school, mm -hmm. like a sense of community, but that's, that's funny. Well, that's different. You, you know, um, the whole sweater season thing that's, for me, that's a big chunk of my closet and for mm. a lot of people in, you know, um, the Northeast. In that's that's funny because I am from the Northeast part of China and then I was enjoying my life in the Northeast part of the United States. Northeast and Northeast, mm. I guess. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe there's something there. It's in your sign. Or yeah, something. I think it's just in my in my in my preference for for a variety variety of temperatures. <laughs> There's also a thing, you know, I mean, I'm not sure if it's a thing anymore now, but in the 90s during the grunge phase, I'm a bit older. So um, there was a huge thing about flannel, you know, yeah. so like flannel shirts for warmth in the winter. They're very popular in Seattle. So you go to Seattle and people I, I don't I don't imagine that people are wearing flannel everywhere. I guess it's not as true now. Maybe Seattle's a lot more metropolitan and they probably dress much nicer than I in my head. <laughs> But I still imagine that you go to like, you know, a trucker stop in Alaska and you're going to find like everyone there is wearing a red and black flannel shirt. That's in what I see in my head. When you say red and black flannel shirt, all I can think of is uh, the kids that I went to school with in New York. It's still weirdly <laughs> popular and I, it's uh. still a very common clothing item in among young people because black and red are kind of, you know, classic colors. It's like a classic color mix. and. Mm. That shirt nowadays, mm. I'm trying to, because I had <laughs> I had a lot of flannel shirts. I don't know why I like them. Um, I don't know if that's still a trend. It's good. It's worth looking mm. into. Well, where I'm kind of going with this is, uh, you know, a lot of times people who haven't been to China from America, they look 
to China and they might have like one or two or three or four simple images of what people dress like over here. Yeah. And so I kind of was setting this up so we could talk about, <laughs> you know, how fashion is different in different places in China, just like it's different in different places in the US. Because, you know, as we talked about before, the US and China are both yeah. colossally big countries. And we talk about if we talk about weather conditions and how that affects um, how that affect people's fashion choices, just it's just you know, as big of a scale as it is mm. here than it is in the United States. There's also change, you know, over time, just like we have everywhere. And one thing I noticed about the city you're living in is when I moved to Beijing in uh, 2012, the giant black, like, big coat that's kind of puffy but also maybe nice with a huge hoodie that has like a fur lining <laughs> that <laughs> kind of maybe a little longer covers like your you know your entire torso is was really 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 <laughs> popular for a few years where just like everyone had that you didn't you really you didn't really like that trend did you just from the way you're describing it no i loved it i loved it i loved it no 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 i have that i mean i have what is it, the one of canada goose one i have the same exact one ah you have the nice one yeah well yeah we, we invested the money it's so warm it's it's insane i know and we'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about you know some if uh if we get to talk about nightlife and some in future episodes my friend has a canada goose jacket this is going to sound like we're doing a commercial for Canada Goose, but you know, when we go out, I just, I just put on her coat because it's so, it's so, it's so warm, but it's, uh, mm. it's still, that thing is still, so you're talking about 2012 and now it's, it's nine mm. years later. Oh my God. Um, I feel like the, the, the line of fur around the hood is not as trendy as it is, uh, mm. as it used mm. to be. Right now, people like you see more like if you come if you come visit now, you see more of those simple lines on these giant coats because people try to like we're saying, like people try to look a little more stylish. It's like, I don't want to mm -hmm. I don't want to look like I'm trying to stay warm. I don't want <laughs> I want to look effortlessly warm. So you don't see the wow. fur as much. Yeah, I think you just invented a line for a, a TV commercial effortlessly warm. I love that. I, I, I seriously think we need to start writing down business ideas when we're recording our episodes and make, maybe that's our retirement plan. Yeah. That's we our just exit plan. Take all these ideas and then just yeah, and sell, them. sell it to people. We're going to have a Dama show and we're going to have also yeah. be selling effortlessly warm Dama clothing. Dama lined clothing. <laughs> it's for Damas or for people who appreciate Dama fashion culture. <laughs> hey that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge uh group of people that's gonna be a potential customer so let's mm, let's mm. let's talk about this very seriously in the they future. have a lot of money you know they're retired <laughs> they're looking for places to spend money they right? want to look effortlessly right? warm yeah <laughs> You know, Shanghai, I think, is probably best known, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, as an as an expat living here, Shanghai is known as that place in China that is really high fashion. Mm. And so, if no, you go, go, go ahead, mm. you, you go. 
No, you can go ahead. I just had to make that noise. <laughs> you want to qualify? Qualification coming. <laughs> it's it's you know it's uh it's 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 cool, but it's I don't know if it's the place. And I know people yeah. who are in Shanghai listening to this will, will disagree, but I'll I'll let you, Jason. I'll let you finish your I'll let you finish I, your I, statement. I wasn't going to necessarily agree with it. I was still going to disagree later because I think there are other places that have very great fashion. Okay, but if you if you if you're like in London or you're you know you're thinking of places you think of like London and Paris and New York and Shanghai, these places come to mind on a global scale when people think about fashion. That's what I think. Is my opinion. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misled by some advertisement that I saw like in many years hey, ago. It's great branding. I mean, it is <laughs> Shanghai Fashion Week is one of the most recognized mm -hmm. uh, fashion weeks around the globe. So I can't really I can't really argue. But what I mean is if you're going to, you know, you think I think of as an American, I think of New York and I think of people dressed up really nicely, nice scarves, suits, you know, expensive shoes, custom clothing, you know, pea coats. I think of Shanghai kind of in the same line, but maybe more trendy kind of clothes. Now they have a young, a very young kind of population and they wear like, you know, I don't know. I don't even know the brands, but all of the brands that people think of like Gucci and Prada and whatever. So all of the, the cutting edge, like youth fashions, maybe not what you see on the catwalk because I don't think anyone wears that. <laughs> I don't, I mean, if they do, I don't know where they are because I've certainly not been to the a place where people dress like that you know that place you know you know where those uh catwalk outfits are where you can find them in real life where are they right where? in the front um right in front of taiguli saniton in Beijing. really let's say if you pick a, a saturday or sunday like say you know it's saturday where when we're recording right now if you pick a saturday to go just walk around taiguli mm -hmm. you will almost see um Maybe not those ones that have like really long trains or really, you know, puffy, those really puffy dresses, but or like plastic see-through shirts and stuff. Oh, you will see, you will see those. You'll wow. see. Yeah. If you type in, if you Google, uh, Taiguli Beijing, you'll definitely see those images. And, and these kids, when they're walking, it's like, they're like, we don't need a, we don't need a, a tea walk. We don't need a stage. This is this is our stage we're just gonna walk around here and you have all of those uh photographers standing outside just taking taking photos of random good looking people which is a little odd but um <laughs> you know but hey you do you do see those photos turn out really really amazing it actually is really odd and it feels i have a blog so i need to put uh photos on my blog and a lot of you know i because we're talking about fashion i did a blog about fashion one of the things i had to do here in wuhan was go out to a very trendy place with a giant camera and start taking pictures of people that looked fashiony and cool. And, you know, sometimes people are like smiling and sometimes people are like, what are you doing? Why are you taking pictures of me? <laughs> it's very different reactions, but some people embrace that. Like so sometimes I feel like there are, there are younger kids who want to show themselves, who want to express themselves. So they actually spend a lot of time, you know, dressing up and, mm you know, putting on really, really amazing makeup and then they just go walk around. And then when people are like, hey, can I take a photo? They would be like, yeah, sure. Do you want me to walk from this place to that place? Or where do you want me to turn? Should I do a spot wherever? I was like, wow, this is quite unique. This is kind of a story. I was riding my bike with my wife around Wuhan when we first got here, like about three or four weeks into arriving in Wuhan. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, looking for cool places to hang out. We're like, okay, the best way is to just see everything. So we were riding bikes around. 
we went to this place called the International Expo Center. We were just kind of going through the parking lot. We noticed that there were these people dressed up in the most elaborate, like, oh. you know, cosplay costumes. We're like, okay, there must be something going on, right? So we locked up our bikes <laughs> and went upstairs. We were dressed like crap. So we were, I was like in a, a sweaty t-shirt and like shorts and stuff. And we went in and we found mm. that there was, mm. in fact, a Comic-Con festival going on in Wuhan. And they have them a lot here, apparently. Not even just once a year, like all the time. So we went in and we were like, wow, this is amazing. All these people are dressed so well, like, you know, Chinese traditional, like, yep. clothes and Japanese traditional clothes and, like, anime characters and, like, you know, uh, Avengers <laughs> characters. And we were like, wow, we are so not dressed for this. So we did a video and posted it and then we did it really fast. And then the next day we, we were like, okay, what can we wear? So we, all we had was like traditional Chinese yeah. clothes. I had this, um, Kung Fu Shan, like a black and white Kung, Kung Fu Shan, like a, you know, traditional Chinese kind of clothing yeah. from maybe, I don't know, hundred, 150 years ago, hundred, maybe 120 years ago, more accurately. Nice. And so my wife had a chi pao. We're not that old actually in Chinese fashion, but you know, she wore that and she put a lot of makeup on <laughs> and some like rabbit ears. We were trying to do as much, you know, like how can we fit in a Comic-Con look as we could with what we have. I respect the efforts. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we showed up the next day and I was actually really surprised. People were like, can we take our picture with you? And I was like, oh, I'm so flattered. <laughs> and a lot of people actually, I think it was just because I was the expat there and I was like the only one. So a lot of people kept coming up and taking pic <laughs> their picture with me. And I felt so special because like I wanted to take my picture with them <laughs> but it was really cool and you know one of the things i wanted to comment was though you know beijing has a lot of high fashion and i imagine chongqing guangzhou and shenzhen all the big cities they probably have a lot of very high fashion probably like like shanghai but here in wuhan which has recently been caught re-established as a first tier city officially by the government there's actually it's a smaller population but they have an entire fashion industry devoted to like a kind of dressing up like Comic-Con character thing. If you go to Jianghan Walking Street, mm -hmm. which is one of the two big hangouts here, you'll see lots and lots of young ladies, especially really dressed up, poofy dresses that look like, I don't know, Victorian dresses, <laughs> but somehow they're not Victorian. They're like, they have little like bananas and like cherries and cartoon characters on them and like elaborate lacing that's all very new <laughs> and like just bizarre like things that are like really beautiful actually you know they're not like revealing it's not like they're trying to look like super sexy or something most of it's like <laughs> cover them from head to toe but they're like really beautiful dresses that have a, someone has put a lot of work into these the fashion here and it's especially the young people here in wuhan that dress up just in like like they're at a comic-con festival mm. but just out in public so you're walking along and people are like okay you know jacket 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 comic-con character <laughs> and so like like 10 10 percent of the people or so in this area are just always dressed up on friday and saturday night and i was actually was like I was trying to get, tell my wife you know if we move back to beijing someday i want you to dress up like that and she's like no nah, that's not that's not <laughs> happening everyone will just be like what is wrong with I you expect, <laughs> i expected that answer but it is i think <laughs> i think the whole cosplay uh or, or you know the the the, the comic-con kind of character dressing 
style thing was super popular in. I felt like it's it's more popular in other than Beijing or Shanghai. I felt like I I don't really see kids in that kind of costumes when I'm in Beijing. But when I go to、mm-hmm. when I go to other cities, and um, this is this was from when we were shooting a a document, not a documentary, but kind of a tourism. Promotional video for the the Yangzhou government in 2019, and we were there during the hot summer. It was August, and you know we were we were in we're in production and we're carrying equipment, and we have to be、uh-huh. you know outside and walk around all day. So we're dressed in like <laughs> as simple style as you can, as you can imagine, and basically without being. Inappropriate as as little clothing like, as we could have because it's it's so hot and we're walking around all of these beautiful parks and gardens of Yangzhou and we see like groups of and it's not even like you know what you're describing like you're walking on the street and most people are just in random jackets and all of a sudden Sailor Moon it's like <laughs> you know it's a lot of young kids like in groups of three five six and they're all dressed in traditional yeah.、Um, We call it hanfu, which means I think they're they're kind of right. You know, you know what I'm talking about. There are some sort of、uh, discussions on what that really represents. I mean, meaning the the word itself is it because、uh, it's from the dynasty or it's about the entire you know Han ethnic group.、Um, but either way, that's it's very easily identifiable. It's like very flowy, and most of the time the girls would have like. Simple but very、uh, elegant little, you know, ornaments on their head and little flowers or, or little hairpin that I really like. Mm, mm. And they walk around and they're dressed from head to toe. Like they even wear those,、mm, you know,、mm. soft cloth shoes that people don't really wear anymore nowadays. And there's like embroidery on it, and 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 they just walk around as if you know they're just there to see the the park and the garden like everybody else, but they're just dressed like they just walked out of a painting from like two thousand years ago. And there there there's so many kids, there's so mm, many mm. kids that do that there. We were there for seven days. We saw people dressed in that fashion every single day, every every everywhere we went. I was actually going to bring the same thing up about Beijing. You know, I haven't been to Shanghai or the other big cities as much as I've been in Beijing.、Mm-hmm. But if you go to some places in Beijing, like、um, the New Summer Palace, for example, or Yuyuantan Park, especially during like the cherry blossom season, there are, like you said, a lot of young people dressed up in traditional clothing in hanfu's and these. Long, flowing, beautiful dresses that come in a variety of colors. Actually, in Yuyuantan Park, right by the bridge on the north side, there's a shop there that you can rent these kind of clothes from, and they sell like little beautiful cookies and stuff too. So they're every everything they they can market out of this little <laughs> ice creams that are shaped like people wearing hanfus and stuff, and you can just like rent a hanfu, and then your friends could follow you around and take pictures of you looking beautiful on the bridge and with like you know willow trees in the background and stuff. <laughs> and so this is something I think is very popular across China is wearing traditional clothing. I was trying to think of like an example. That suits America, but America doesn't have a really long history. But they still have、yes. like cowboys. You do see sometimes people kind of dress up in like a cowboy kind of getup, or like I, how I imagine a doctor from the old west would wear wear like an older kind of suit with like a pocket watch. You do see that. It's not as common, I don't think. That and actually, I think the.、Um, 
for some reason, the Roaring Twenties really made a, a huge mm -hmm. mark mm -hmm. on on people's uh, minds when they think about dressing up. There are so many. Mm. There's so many. The only time in my entire life where I put four hours into four and a half hours into dressing up and you know um, preparing for like getting ready for a party was um, a roaring. And they didn't call it roaring twenties. They're just called you know twenties. And so when I had a that was I think that was two years after I had you know arrived in the states and. I didn't really know what that meant or whatever. And I just went on, I just went on, uh, what's the shopping website? Did I go on eBay? I can't remember where I bought the dress from, but I just, huh. I remember Googling 20s dress and, um, what's the word for it? Um, swing dress or something like that. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And then my, my two friends at that time were like, Oh, Alex, we have to do your hair. Cause you have to do that little wavy thing. And we have to do, <laughs> and Oh my, I, it was literally four and a half hours of getting ready. And there was not that much time wasted except for like, you know, when we all got ready, we started taking photos in front of the mirror. But I think that's a huge, uh, you know, like a really, really popular theme when it comes to, dressing up or, or, or wearing costumes in the States. I don't think, I mean, I know that there are, like we said, we've both seen kids who'd like to dress in Hanfu and walk around, but it's just like these kids, they, they, they wear that as part of their daily outfit. It's not like, wow. you know, we're having a party and everybody has a dress code is Hanfu. No, but like, I feel like the twenties is like pe something that people are super willing to, you know, put money and time into because i don't know it looks glamorous but i think mm, that it does kind of yeah, yeah i haven't been to a cowboy dress coat party yet <laughs> <laughs> well in california my mom lives in a place called oakdale now oakdale is like a very for for the people who know it's very red compared to the surrounding sea of blue politically <laughs> so like they call themselves the cowboy capital of the world which is i don't think is accurate but it's what they call themselves. That's the motto of the town. I think it used to be like chocolate because there used to be a Hershey's chocolate factory there. But then that oh, wow. the chocolate factory moved to Mexico. It's one of those things that happened, you know, like all these outsourcing. <laughs> but um, it, the, the city used to smell like chocolate, by the way. You, I, I used to live in a different city. Is that city. true? It, it did. We would drive through Oakdale and it would smell, the entire city would smell of chocolate. I mean, it was amazing. As a child, you're driving through and it's like, oh, let's roll the windows down. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Oh, can't, let's just stay in Oakdale. But eventually- you're like, chocolate is in the air. Yeah, exactly. It's free. I think I think I even went on a tour of the chocolate factory when I was in high school or junior high school or something. Mm. And we got to see the chocolate being made. And anyways, way <laughs> off point. Oakdale is also close to this place called Knight's Ferry. And they're also what they have is like an old cowboy town there. I'm not sure if it's in Knight's Ferry or near Knight's Ferry, which is like a very tiny, tiny, tiny town. And when I mean tiny, I mean like 2000 people kind of town. Wow. <laughs> and if they, they actually have like a cowboy strip where you can go and like, I don't know, put a pan in the river and pretend you're looking for gold and dress up like a cowboy, <laughs> you know, actually on, on that, you know, maybe California and maybe maybe this is representative of kind of a lot of places in the West. Uh, in Sacramento, they have a place that a lot of people call Old Sac. <laughs> And it's like an old Sacramento I'm place. Sorry. <laughs> there's, and you go there and it's actually like, you know, there's a, a barber and there's a candy store and, the, and there's like a bar that serves like root beer and stuff. And I think it's mm, mostly for beer. like kids. 
but there's, you know, ho- horses in the streets and the streets actually have like sand on the streets instead of like pavement and stuff. And so I think this is a kind of a thing you're going to find in the West, anywhere like Texas and West, there's little cowboy towns. And I'm not saying this is fashion. I think this is mostly to like for parents to bring their kids somewhere <laughs> so that kids can be, ooh, wow, we're in like cow- old cowboy times or something. But you actually on your, uh, well, you're talking about dressing up for like roaring 20s. I did that once. And you know what's really interesting about it is like I didn't have a lot of friends at that time who were Chinese. Yeah. But actually, the people I went with were Chinese to this Roaring Twenties thing. Did they dress up on market markets? They did. Oh my gosh, these two ladies. <laughs> they dress. I guess. I guess it did. I didn't know it took four and a half hours to look that way. <laughs> because <laughs> if, I didn't. Ask if them. not longer, I'm telling you. I just wore like a suit and had. I just went to the thrift store and bought shoes. Oh my had, god! Like, white and black. So it was like, okay, I'm good to go. But they were like, you know, head to toe. The you know the little netting over your hair, the 1920s netting. One of them had that. Yeah. <laughs> and they we went to this like swing club and they we they doing danced the two a lot. Steps. I'm not good at dancing, so mostly I just stood there and looked like I was trying to look rhythmy <laughs> while they were the music was going. <laughs> I don't, I don't really think my feet moved as much as like, just kind of like, shh, look like I was snapping without snapping, you know, that kind of look. Snapping without <laughs> snapping. Oh my. I don't know how to, yeah, I don't know how to describe. Anyways, <laughs> I also kind of wanted to go, you know, like big city to small town and not just in America, like in China, there's a big, I used to work for a major company. I'm not sure I can say the name of that company. <laughs> they, I, I had a marketing training with this company and they said that, if you're if you sell something in a large city, you don't put the brand on it. Or if you do, it's very small. But if you smell sell the same thing in like a fourth tier city in China where there's not as much branding, you make the brand huge. So it says it like the name of the brand and giant yep. red letters on the front. And I thought that was really interesting. And I I've seen that since I heard about I, I was in this training. I was like, really? So whenever I'm in like a smaller Chinese town, I notice like all the shirts that have brands on them, they have huge br- brands on the front of the clothes or the back of the clothes or all over the clothes. Yeah. Kind of like Gap. You know how yeah. Gap has, says Gap, but I guess that's the same in every size town. <laughs> in China, at least, the smaller towns, all the brands like that. So if you have something from Gucci, it doesn't have like a little label somewhere that says it's Gucci. It's like in your face. Gucci. <laughs> right there on the front. Yeah. So everyone knows that you spend a lot of money on this. No, no. You know, they're just, you know, <laughs> it's uh, for small town, it's like. It might not be Gucci, but it could be something that's very close to Gucci. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it is very, I feel like a lot of the, the fashion brands that I saw as a kid in uh, early 2000s are now kind of, um, for lack of a better word, retreating to, to smaller cities. And they mm. are, they are huge. They're, they're, they're big in, in smaller cities. Cause I honestly feel like, smaller in, in smaller towns of course the the you know the income level is not as high it is in bigger cities or there's not really a huge drive for um you know spending a lot of your money on fashion mm. so people really think but okay as long as this thing looks good and it's it's durable it's it's fine for me and so if you kind of follow that you know logic and you go to there's some malls in beijing that still sell those brands and mm. <laughs> unfortunately a lot of them are closing down so they're having that you know, last two months um, closing down sale and you go and you look at these brands, you're like, oh, you know, they're not high fashion brands. They're not luxury brand, luxury, you know, luxury brands or whatever. They're not even like super well known. And 
But if you really go and you look at some of the items, you're like, these are incredibly cheap and such a great deal our friend got a because they live super close to uh this mall that's sort of closing down and basically kicking out all of the brands and vendors inside and they're just like oh you know whatever we're selling we're selling everything cheap and they bought um the the my friend's husband bought a pair of sneakers and i was like when i saw the sneakers because i didn't see the the logo i didn't know which brand it was but i saw sneakers i was like oh those are new shoes they look really nice it's a very nice shade of green that he was wearing and he was like my friend guess how much this cost me this cost me 170 quid i was like what mm, wow. so yeah affordable fashion mm. in smaller towns i guess i think so i mean i think if you'd like you said in beijing there are a lot of you know fringe places you can get affordable clothing too i mean actually if you just care about just cheap clothing. You can buy what the older people in Beijing buy. Like in, you know, inside the old real Beijing, inside the second ring, <laughs> there are a lot of shops that'll sell you like, someone just made this last night pair of pants. What? <laughs> that you, yeah, absolutely. You go to like, what is it called? Uh, Shidan and walk north. And all those little tiny shops after you get out of the mall area, they're like mom and pop stores. They're literally run by like an old couple. And they just sell like clothes that mom made last night. And you can just buy some pants. I mean, you're not going to look like you. <laughs> actually, if you're Wait. a hipster, you might look hella cool as a young person dressed like that. But they're mostly like retiree kind of clothes. Wait, you need to tell me more about this. How, how did I never know about the existence of these little shops? I have never heard about. I know there are vintage clothing stores on, on, on Gulo. That's on the, the drum tower um, area which is a very hip area in Beijing. But but those vintage shops, they sell clothing items for almost like more expensive price, like higher prices than some of the other clothing options you could have because they are they go out of their ways to find mm -hmm. these vintage clothing items. But I've never heard of a mom and pop shop selling clothes that was just made last night. Absolutely. There's a bunch to talk about this. Firstly, you're right. They're really expensive places. Uh, when I was in Beijing, I used to have my cu clothes custom made in like the silk market. Huh. They have the best suits. You, you walk in and you say, I want this fabric. I want this style. I, I want it to feel like this. I want it to. And it's like a thousand kwai, which is like, I don't know, 150 bucks or something. 150, yeah. For like a suit that is tailor made. Really nice. Tailor made with pockets where you want them, extra pockets <laughs> if you want them, whatever you want. Exactly. You, Russian style, American style suits, whatever you want. They have just like a book they open. Boom. Here's the book. What do you want your suit to look like? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's like made in a day or two for like very low price. But if you go, there's so many tailors that are like formerly employed by huge companies all over China, um. the big factory people who used to work in these big factories that there are tailors everywhere. So you go to Shidan and there's all these malls. And you if you walk north on that main boulevard right there, uh -huh. if you walk about 10 minutes, you leave the mall area, or I guess more like 20 minutes, you leave the mall area and you walk into Shisa, uh -huh. X-I-S-I, Shisa, and there's a long street there that goes north until you get to, I guess, west of Hohai. Oh, wow, it goes that far. But like, there are all these tiny, yeah, it goes, it's really long. And there are all these little restaurants and all these little shops. You know the kind of shops where they sell the piles of blankets that are really cheap? They have those kind of shops. Why do I feel like that's not the same city where we're just, I feel so ashamed, so ashamed I didn't blanket, <laughs> pile of blankets, what? 
Yeah, yeah. There, there's shops that in, in these areas and other places that sell just like, you know, they have every kind of blanket you could imagine and they're like quilted and they're, you know, sewn by someone. And like, you know, they're just every kind of thing you could imagine. And, and each one's kind of unique because they were just made by like old clothes or just whatever fabric they could get. And it's just amazing. And anyways, they also have clothes. So, you know, a lot of the damas on the west side inside of the old city, <laughs> they wear like clothes yep. that look like their family made it well you can buy those too you just walk into these little shops there and it's just like racks and racks and racks of clothes that someone has just recently made and mostly retirees are buying them because they like i don't want to wear gucci i don't care about levi's nope. <laughs> i, I want to wear clothes that are cheap and durable and i can just mend them if i need to and they have tons of these shops where it's not trying to be hipster it's just kind of mostly for kind of like an older audience. But if you would really wanted to be like super mega hipster and you start a new trend, you could totally just start wearing these clothes and people would be like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> I think that's the trend in the that that was the trend in the in the States, at least in New York, you know, Williamsburg and and wherever else, and, mm. you know, uh, uh, Astoria, maybe not so much Astoria, mostly Williamsburg, mostly Brooklyn. And there are so many shops that sell those, you know, clothing items that look super out of fashion but if you somehow just match them together and they, they it creates a different kind of mm. flavor when it comes to, to style or fashion we're having the same trend here as well i've seen uh videos there's this um really popular douyin the, which is you know chinese tiktok um douyin account um and it's a a granddaughter and her grandma and what they do for all of their videos is they would pick a theme and they would go into each other's closet and wear each other's clothes, uh, each other's clothes and try to look cool. And I think they I think they style the other person as well. I can't remember exactly. Mm. But when every time when um, mm. either the girl or the grandma picks out dresses or shirts from the grandma's closet, you're like, that's not gonna that's not gonna look like Coco Chanel. Like, there's no way you're gonna Coco Chanel your way out of those items but when they put it together you're like that is absolutely way more coco chanel than the clothing mm. items that, that mm. say they're coco chanel so it's it's i think it's all about you know it's all about how you match it and how you wear it i should go to those shops though i am so interested <laughs> i am so intrigued to find out you know i wanted to talk a little bit about people, individuals, we talked about the differences between the US and China a little bit and the differences between like the city and the countryside in both the US and China. But what about differences with yourself, hmm. the person and themselves? We all dress up differently at different times. And I, you know, I know a lot of young people, young men who don't like wearing suits. I find this very perplexing. <laughs> because I personally and some of the people I know, I do have friends who do like to wear suits and they are young people. They, you know, like to go to the symphony or, you know, a musical or something thing and wear a nice three-piece suit mm -hmm. and go and get really dressed up and then other days you know I'm, I'm walking around like in pajamas basically like a, i will be wearing a hoodie and shorts in the winter and like socks that come up when they shouldn't <laughs> and like goofy looking shoes and like i don't care like and other, you know it's just i think that between someone and themselves in every country we all have like this way we like to dress up. I want to tell a story. It's about that same Kung Fu Shang I mentioned earlier that I used for Comic-Con. This was when I was still living in Beijing. I felt like, oh, hey, you know, I've been here a while. 
I don't know, maybe it's not cultural appropriation if I wear like a Kung Fu Shan. So I went to this tailor, we found him online and apparently he makes like the traditional Chinese clothing for like movies and stuff. And he's like really good at his job. So I show up and he's like, whoa, oh gosh, you're so big because I'm, I'm you know, a girthy kind of dude. <laughs> <laughs> the effect he just he he let me know how fat I was like fifty times during our. Oh he was very nice, but it's a thing that happens in China where they're it's they're very honest. People are very honest about you know your physical I disposition, know. and so he's like, okay, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> and so he he took my measurements and he made me the most amazing. Like I was like, I want to look like Ip Man, you know the the Ip Man movie. Yep, I want to yep, look like that yep. guy, only you know really big. And he's like, okay, cool. <laughs> so he made this for me and I got it. I was like, oh my gosh, it looks so cool. And I couldn't stop wearing it. So like once a week, my wife and I would go out and like make a, a vlog with this. And so I went to Tianmen, obviously, where you can, it's like, oh yeah, America has like Knight's Ferry where you dress up and go to a cowboy town where Tianmen is kind of like that, where it's like <laughs> old China, where everything looks old and all the shops look like they're brand new, but old. And so I, I dressed up there and I felt so good because everyone was staring at me in like a positive way. People were giving me thumbs up, like especially older guys. He's like, oh, yes, <laughs> it's so handsome, so handsome. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am. <laughs> and we went all, we went all over the city, ho high and all this stuff, taking pictures. We even did a video where we posted it online on on uh, YouTube and Shigua mm -hmm. and a couple other platforms. We we're like, hey, is this cultural appropriation? Mm -hmm. Our pr primary audience was mainland Chinese people. That's most of our demographic. And they were like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you look really cool you know we're very stoked and i was that was like 99 of my yep. comments i felt good about myself but eventually it was like okay now this goes in the closet because i really you know i'm not wearing this to work or anything a lot of people don't know about some tr traditional chinese clothing or what we think of in the west as traditional chinese chinese clothing is they're not actually that traditional so like the chi pao for example Mm -hmm. is actually only about 100 years old or maybe 130 years old. Yeah. And it's kind of like China's answer to Western fashion, Western dresses. It's like they looked at Western kind of dresses and were like, oh, okay, we can do that. And they made the chi pao. A lot of people in from America might be like, oh, the chi pao, oh, that's hundreds and hundreds of years old. Mm -mm. It's not. Like you, what you were talking about earlier, that the is, hanfu yep. is much more, yeah, that is traditional Chai, and it's gorgeous. And so is the Chi Pao. The Chi Pao is also equally very beautiful, but it's not, doesn't have the same history that people might think it does in the West. Not really. That is, that is, uh, I think Chi Pao came from sort of simplifying the, the Qing dynasty dress for women um, in, um, I think, early 19, uh, 1900s, so like 1910 and 1920, that's when Tipao became a very, very standard, you know, representation of fashion. That I have to give it to Shanghai. I think it, most of the Tipao fashion were really well represented and well captured in, in Shanghai. If you look at those old advertisements and, you know, old magazine covers and calendars, and you see all of these amazing Tipao uh, dresses. But yes, it's, it's, it's like a hundred years old. If you put it, I'd never thought about how long it's been around. But funny thing is, when I first went to the States, I remember the first Halloween, they were like, what are you going to dress up as? I was like, I'm going to wear a chi pao. That's my costume. And my friends are like, so you're going to dress up as a Chinese person? I was uh, I was like, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know how to answer, but we don't usually wear that in our daily lives. That's really for 
even for mm, special mm, occasions, mm, it's still like, you know, yeah, it would have to be a really expensive, you know, silk tipao that will make you look like, okay, I am dressed up for the occasion, you know. But it's it's not as it's not not every girl in China dresses in tipao. I think you're right to some extent, but I would guess I'm. Mean, this is completely based on nothing but intuition that every Chinese girl has. Uh, Pro- your intuition is probably right. They don't wear them out. Like you said, it's a special occasion kind of thing. Maybe, you know, you dress up, you know, uncle's coming to town and you're like going to go have a, like a kind of really nice meal. And you're like, oh, I want to dress up something really, really nice. But I don't, I don't think they wear them out, but everyone's got at least, you know, it seems like it. I have four and, and some of them are, you, four. you know, the really light, really light ones that I could, you know, if there's a party in the summer, I want to go to. I, I still feel like I would probably still feel a little awkward wearing a tipao to, let's say, a business casual event. Um, the tipaos I have are either just kind of like a cute little dress that, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. going to look at when I walk on the street. Or I have that really long, super, you know, formal tipao dress that, you know, it covers, goes all the way to the back of my feet. And I would have to wear uh, high heels when I when I wear that dress. I have never, I've never actually worn it out. I've tried it on at home. Um, I can't fit in it anymore, but um, uh, the intention was to wear that to like, I don't know, like a a banquet kind of thing, or if I'm hosting a show or, or some s- events like that. But other than that, it's, I don't know why I bought it, but it's, um, it's just been lying in my closet and waiting for this big moment, I guess. Well, you say hosting a show, and actually, I think the one time that I saw you in public, which was when you were doing your stand-up com- comedy act, I wore a tipa. I wore my tipa. You wore, you were, yeah, you were wearing a tipa. Alex in Beijing. If you have the chance to go see Alex do comedy in Beijing, maybe she'll <laughs> wear a tipa. Now the pressure is all on me. Now I have to be like, did you listen to our show? If you did, I have to go home and change. And that's going to sound really odd. I don't to think people. you you just show up in some jeans and like a t shirt and say, this is my cheap how. Damn low. You mentioned banquets. And I think that's actually right on because this is something that might not be as well known to people in America, but it's well known to expats in China, anyways, is that a wedding, a, a woman typically wears a red chipao, a red dress, yep. which is in America, there's that almost faux pas. It's like, oh, you can't wear red. That <laughs> says all the wrong things, buddy. But in China, that says like, I don't know, that's good luck, right? It is. How would you describe it? Usually for Chinese weddings, it's uh, because a lot of things have been, I don't want to say westernized, but it's been influenced by that or that is that has been a, a, an idea that took over the entire world. It's kind of like, all of young couples now, when they get married, they think about the white, white, the you know the white wedding dress. Mm, mm. So Chinese couples do that too, of course. But there are certain steps in a Chinese wedding. So of course you do that whole, you know, walking into the to the hall and and and, and walking to your your who walks to who? Uh, the the bride walks to the groom. Sorry, never in the western. Yes, in the western way. <laughs> I haven't got married yet, so I don't really know the. <laughs> the, the protocol. So the, the woman walks the man. Let's say that's easier. The woman walks the man, and then you know the man waits and whatever. And then they talk about they do their vows, and you know they have usually they have a. It's not really a witness. It's kind of like a. I don't really know how to say that role. Like a zhenghuiren, some someone that they respect very much to basically just go on stage and be like, I hereby witness that these two are you know becoming a union today. Da 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 da. 
all of that entire thing that they have to stand on stage in front of the guests and family that's when they dress in the 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 wedding gown and the the suit for the groom after that it's a very unique uh part of a wedding uh, for for chinese weddings which is the couple have to go to each table mm-hmm. to toast to the guests who ca- who come to their wedding and that's when they usually change into like a red cipao dress cuz it's, it's easier to walk around it's at least two twice as much work as a western see in in america you wear one suit or you wear one what dress you're good to go in china because of have hollywood's influence you have to wear two <laughs> <laughs> you know we should do one uh, we should talk about weddings separately and make it its own show sometime because there is so much to talk about about chinese weddings it is so interesting and so deep and there are so many aspects to it that are really fascinating i agree i agree even though i haven't had my experience yet but you know we'll, we'll talk about it for sure but but yes that red sipa would usually be there i want to talk about used clothing and this is something that i think maybe and maybe you can correct me i don't know maybe more unique to america so like when i was living in san francisco People went to Goodwill, not because they were poor, but because they wanted cool old clothes. You go to Goodwill and all these thrift shops where they have like, you know, people's used clothes from their mom and dad or grandma and grandpa that they had put in boxes and donated or sold sometimes. And you go inside and like you could find the most amazing like Mm -hmm. tweed tan jacket with a hole in it. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I'm going to wear this. But I don't see that happening as much in China. What happens to a lot of the used clothing here? Um, see, I don't know. That's the that's when I said when you were talking about the mom and pop shops in 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 Sudan. I'm like, I feel like we lived two cities, even though we lived both lived in Beijing. Because I know a lot of vintage shops mm. um, in in Gulo area, like a lot of them. But the, the only difference between that and Goodwill is the the clothes that you're gonna buy at these vintage shops are more way more expensive. Mm. It's like it's a fashion choice. It's not you know it's not a well. I guess when you go to Goodwill and try to you know spend three hours finding a, a shirt that's gonna make you look very unique, that's a fashion choice as well. But mm. for me, for a lot of the clothes that I buy that I either <laughs> sadly can't fit in anymore or I just don't want them anymore, I donate them personally, and I know a lot of my friends do. And donation is super easy now, um, right? You just call. You don't even call. It's on your app. It's on. I think it's on Alipay. There was a donation um, button on the front page, uh, the home page, and you just say, I want to donate, and they will come to your door and collect your clothing items, just give them away to whoever that needs them. We've done that with clothes and books. But you know what? Something else my wife does or has done in the past is mail her clothes to like the family back home. And by back home, I mean yes. in a smaller town somewhere else. But you know what happened was that was really cool for t- like 2013, 14, 15, 16. And then at some point, her relatives back were like, stop sending us your clothes. We don't want them anymore. Ooh, did, I, did I say why? Did <laughs> I think it was, you know, at China is advancing really fast. It has a really high GDP growth and it's been growing at 7%, 10%, 9%, 8%, 7% faster than any other major developed country. And now it's like, there's a mall there, you know, like a super mall that's like 
nine stories tall <laughs> and it's like as big as my mom's hometown and they don't need clothes from my you know from yeah. from the big city anymore they could just go there like why are you sending us your old shirts we don't want your old shirts my mom used to do that too and i think i don't know what happened but she hasn't done it she hasn't been doing it for the past couple of years maybe maybe my aunt my aunts told her the same thing but they didn't <laughs> tell me earlier that a cheap how is really expensive some of them some of them yeah man. but if you want to like i was talking about my custom suit you know the silk market the i think it's the third floor uh they have these two really big out places where you can get custom clothes my wife got one done a few years ago we paid at that time 800 rmb and we got to choose the fabric the lining the style everything the you know i don't they're not called buttons i'm not sure what it's like a a well-sewn lump of cloth. What is? Yeah, I'm not yeah. Sure what do you I call mean, that? dongle. I, I, I don't. I no, 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 That's that's an uh, iPads. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> it sounds like it looks like a dongle. I'm just saying that's if we're going to use a word and there's not one. <laughs> we say Neil Cole, which is the same with button. The translation mm, of mm, button mm, is mm. the same thing. It's not actually. Pla- it's like not a plastic or wooden. It's it's a fabric that's been sewn in an elaborate way. I was about to say, if you say like a, a new coat on Tipao, you think of new the coat. elegance and stuff. And then there you, <laughs> well, there you I think like a dongle is one of those things because Apple devices don't come with adapters. So you have to buy an adapter. I think that's what actually a dongle yeah. is. I, I learned that word recently as well. <laughs> we made this very inconvenient product so that you have to buy other products to use our product. So if you want to hit link our product to our other products. So our, our new product with our new product. What is that? What is that? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who thinks of this stuff? This has become an Apple vent <laughs> session, people. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using an Apple, but I'm complaining me about too, Apple. Me too, me too. We all do. It's okay. <laughs> but it's not, I, I don't know. I don't know the word for that, for that button, but it's, I don't know. It's not dongle for sure. It kind of takes away the beauty of it because it's like, you know, it's not really um, a hard button. It's like part of the part of the cloth, part of the dress because it's the same material or, or similar. Okay, it's been amazing talking with you today, Alex. Always. It's always lovely talking to you, Jason. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Here on the bridge. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs>